Happy game week, everybody. BYU getting ready to take on USF, but an egregious thing happened over the weekend. We must acknowledge that racism has no part and no place at Brigham Young University. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making us here on Locked On Cougars, your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there and had a fantastic weekend. We are very proud here to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. My goal here, simply stated, is make you the smartest BYU fan in the room by giving you all the news and notes involved with BYU athletics that I can muster in about 30 minutes every single day. So thank you for taking the time. By way of introduction, for anybody who may be checking us out, just real quick, my name's Jake. I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning, and I am also your host here, talking all things BYU. All right, starting off today's show, I was originally anticipating uh, talking about game week, and we'll get to that here in a moment. But over the weekend, I had a... Just sickening and just disappointing situation developed Friday night at uh, the Smith Fieldhouse. BYU Women's Volleyball ranked number 10 in the country. They are now 3-0 on the season by virtue of winning the doTERRA Cougar Classic, which they hosted over the weekend. Uh, they went 3-0 against the teams they invited. It was Washington State, Duke, and Ryder University who were all in attendance. But the incident in question happened Friday night uh, against, the university, uh, against Duke University. Uh, and let me be. I'm not going to rehash all the different things that happened in this, but the thing about this is uh, Rachel uh, Richardson was a member of the Duke University women's volleyball program who was harassed with racist slurs directed at her and her teammates during Friday night's match. That that is what happened. Uh, BYU has acknowledged it happened. Tom Homo spoke to it. Uh, so did uh, Heather Olmstead, BYU women's volleyball coach. And uh, to Rachel R- Richardson's credit. She has spoken out it, spoken out about it on her own. Be, uh, be it far from me to understand the hurt and the the confusion and just the, the the pain that she suffered at the hands of a fan or a small group of fans in attendance at that volleyball match. But let me be unequivocal with what I'm going to say right now: racism has no place in our society, especially no place at sporting events, and especially on the campus of Brigham Young University. I'm about as uh, quintessential a Mormon guy you're going to find, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I grew up in Orem, Utah. I'm an active member of the LDS faith. I served a mission. All my brothers have served missions. We are all active members of the LDS faith. I grew up in the shadows of BYU, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, going to sporting events at Brigham Young University. And from a young age, my parents instilled in me that you care about those around you, no matter how different they might look than you. You love people around you. You don't hurl racist insults at people. I can remember vividly one time, and I didn't even use a racist term. I was just downright mean to another person. My mom pulled me to the side and gave me a lecture I have never forgotten. 
none of this is okay. That fan or select group of fans who first thought it was within their rights to show up to a sporting event at Brigham Young University and to hurl racist insults, racial slurs in the direction of a member of a Division I women's volleyball team. Number one, you're dead wrong. That has no place in athletics. I don't care the the, the sport. I don't care the, the, the circumstance. I don't care what happens. That has no place there. This happening at BYU is beyond infuriating to me. This is a university that I love. I went to this university. I have cheered for this university for my entire life. I bleed blue, as they say. I know that my relationship with BYU is a little different now that I cover them in a professional sense. But this is a university that means a whole hell of a lot to me personally. And for someone, I don't care who it is, to show up to a university event like that and to do what they did puts a stain on this university that I care about, the community that I live in. I live in Utah County, folks. This is a community that I love. I have no plans to ever leave the state of Utah. I love living here. But for people to do something like that puts a mark on me, puts a mark on you, puts a mark on everybody that is associated with Brigham Young University and by extension, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I don't mean to uh, draw uh, like overarching and paint with a broad brush on this, but the problem is if you pay attention to social media, guess what? This weekend, BYU came off worse for the wear because of the actions of one selfish and hateful individual. And the, the fact that they thought that that was okay and the people around them who I would assume heard them hurl said insults did not do anything about it, that is beyond hurtful to me personally. I want to issue my uh, public, uh, uh, just uh, a public uh, sorry to Rachel Richardson and the Duke University Women's Volleyball Program and to Duke University itself. It's an upstanding institution, one of the academic bastions back there on the eastern seaboard. It, it, it's a well-known university. I, I, there were failures on multiple fronts with this. I, I wish they would have been able to find that individual or individuals who caused this issue in the moment and thrown them out on their rear ends and said, you're not allowed back here. I will acknowledge that BYU acted with the best intentions they possibly could muster at the time because as they said in their statement, they posted police officers over by that student section trying to identify who or what was being said and they were unable to do so. But then apparently after the match, this person for some who knows reason came towards the Duke University women's volleyball program and began threatening members of that program. That person, based on what I understand, this is I've read a bunch of stuff over this weekend. That person was the one person that was banned from all BYU athletic events and venues, and they are the ones that are paying the price for this. There, there's been so much racing through my head all weekend long, and to Amber and to Steve and to uh, I don't know how many other people reached out to me via DMs, via email, etc., and uh, saying their piece on this and, and just trying to uh, get some thoughts off their chest. Thank you for your notes. Uh, this 
this is bad, folks. This is really, really bad. And let me also acknowledge that the state of Utah right now, just the entire state, we have had issues at the University of Utah. We've had issues with the Utah Jazz. I have worked for the Utah Jazz for most of my professional career. We recently were acquired by KSL and KSL Sports, and so now I'm a KSL employee. For about 11 years, I worked for the Utah Jazz. I can tell you this much. The incidents that the Utah Jazz had, uh, most notably with Russell Westbrook and that fan that uh, just it makes my blood boil to think about any of this and have to address any of it. Let me be very clear about this. But for any of this to happen, it puts a blight on this uni- on the university that's in question or in the case of Utah Jazz professional franchise. But by extension, it puts a stain on the state and the, the place that we love to live in. This is a great, great place to live. There are, there's reasons why just legions of people are moving to the state of Utah, folks. But we need to acknowledge that we have an issue in our community. I was taught something very early on in my radio career that I'm not, it doesn't apply to this perfectly, but I think it, we can draw lessons from it. I was taught early on in my radio career that once is a mistake, twice is a problem. When it comes to racism, once is a problem, twice or anything beyond that is just absolutely objectionable, awful, horrendous, insert the adjective here that just, it screams to me that we have some, some underlying issue, at least some of us in this community. I don't consider myself to be a racist. As I said, I was raised from the age of a very young child. And trust me, I grew up in Orm, Utah. I am about, like I said, I'm about as quintessential a Utah County member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as you can possibly find. I'm white. Uh, Every one of my family members and my extended family is white. There is nothing about me that says I can speak to any degree of the pain and hurt felt by Rachel Richardson and her teammates. But what I can say is I, for one, will never, and I promise never, to act in such a degrading manner as that human being decided to act on Friday night. If any of you within the sound of my voice or my sphere of influence are ever to act in such a way, and I see it myself, and I don't care even if it's somebody I know, if I see this in person, you can guarantee I'm calling it out. This stuff has no place in our society, has no place in our community, and especially, nope, especially, especially no place at a Brigham University event, a sporting event at that. Did I speak clear enough on that? Hopefully I did. Uh, I just, I, I, I needed to t- start today's show and address the elephant in the room. There's no way I couldn't address it on today's show. And we need, we need as a society, as a society to call this out. We cannot allow it to continue to fester in our communities, inside our universities, inside. We can't allow it. We just can't. All right. We'll move along here. We'll talk a little bit about uh, game week for BYU. What I was originally intending to talk about on today's show, uh, BYU getting ready to take on USF. We'll get to that here in just a moment. I need to talk about another thing that I think is a stain in our community. As one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned or high, what's the worst you can have? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? 
wrong, my friends. The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high, and that's why NHTSA is speaking out on this. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you're using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high. Get a DUI. Thank you for once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hopefully, I didn't drive too many of you off uh, talking about what that just that. I don't know. That situation Friday night, I didn't hear about it in the moment, but when I learned about it on Saturday, it pretty much put a buzzkill on most of my weekend. It was just awful, awful stuff. But the positive is it's game week. We are getting ready for USF, folks. We have BYU football taking the field this Saturday at 2 o'clock Mountain Time, 4 o'clock Eastern, for any of you who are uh, traveling to Tampa, to Raymond James Stadium, to watch BYU take on USF. I have been looking forward to this week and the day to come on Saturday for months. And I do a podcast. I do a podcast every single day that looks forward to this. This is the best time of the year. Saturday, I sat down and watched a whole lot of football. I also spent some time with my family. Got up into the mountains uh, on Saturday evening to enjoy a picnic with my extended family. It was a great time. I also got to watch a lot of football. But I have been just absolutely ecstatic that football season is here, and I hope you guys are feeling the same. It's a big game this week. I know that USF is not the marquee opponent on BYU's schedule this year. I, I think if you were to point to the marquee opponent on BYU's schedule, it's probably Notre Dame, followed by probably Oregon, Baylor, and then Arkansas. Those would probably be the four big games on BYU's schedule, but every single one of these games count. Every single one of them have an impact, and I, for one, just plan on relishing and savoring every moment of BYU football this season. Uh, stuff like uh, what happened Friday night, Let me I, I don't mean to go travel back to that, but stuff like Friday night uh, screamed to me how important sports are in our community, uh, and that's, that's why I look forward to what's coming up on Saturday. It's a big opportunity for BYU because they currently, in their history with USF, have a one-in-one record. Many of you will recall 2019, BYU went to Raymond James Stadium. It was Jaron Hall's first start at BYU as the quarterback. Zach Wilson had gotten injured the previous week against Toledo, and BYU BYU struggled in this game. Jaron Hall ultimately got injured in this game, and uh, BYU ends up falling 27 to 23. They got a measure of revenge last year when uh, USF came to Provo to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and BYU ground out a 35 to 27 win. Uh, a much more uh, I, I use the term struggling. My good friend, uh, my good friends over in the ilk, as we call ourselves, will laugh at me using that term. But it was a struggling win for BYU last year. Timmy McLean made life miserable for BYU's defense. Uh, and the funny thing about this. BYU raced out to was a 21-0 lead in the first quarter, and you felt like, okay, BYU's just going to boat race these, these dudes. But credit to USF and Jeff Scott, their head coach. They battled back in that game, and they made it pretty hairy. Uh, what was yeah, Jaron Mangum uh, scored in the fourth quarter to make it 35-27, and BYU was able to see out the game at that point on their way to their 10-win season a year ago. But... Uh, I don't know uh, what the future with BYU and USF will hold, but I can tell you this much. I, for one, don't want to see BYU uh, go into a hiatus of, or maybe uh, the, these two programs never play again, uh, having a losing record against the Bulls. Now, the Bulls are coming off a 2-10 and season. They struggled in many respects last year. They brought in a, a, a lot of transfers. We're going to talk more about this throughout the week. We're going to talk about players to know. Uh, we're going to catch up with members of the media down there at USF. We're also going to uh, catch 
catch up with Clark Barrington later this week as well to get his insight on this matchup. He's a guy, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Clark has played in both of the previous matchups against USF, so he'll be able to speak directly to what happened uh, for BYU in both of those games, and we'll get his insight on that. But this is a big, big opportunity for BYU to get the season off to on, on the right foot. Uh, think about this. Think about how much of a, of a downer it would be for BYU to start this season 0-1 after all of the hype yours truly and others have been uh, talking about with regards to this BYU football program. This is a program last year that was thought to be in a rebuilding mode and went up and put up 10 wins. Think about it. There were 12 guys off that 2020 squad that was absolutely lights out and uh, led by guys like Zach Wilson. And a lot of people thought, okay, Jaron Hall is going to enter the season and he'll kind of settle in and BYU may grind out seven or eight wins and have a pretty good year. What did they do? They went 5-0 and against the Pac-12, went 10-3 and overall. They, they exceeded my expectations, I think most people's expectations, last season. This is supposed to be the quote-unquote payoff year for this next crop of NFL talent for BYU. That, that, that's the thing about this is you cannot afford to overlook USF. And I don't think you have to look much further than your rivals to the north, Utah State, and what happened to the Aggies on Saturday in their opener against UConn. UConn is maybe the worst team in college football. Like the worst. They, they, were, they are so far down. And they uh, overhauled their roster. Jim Mora Jr. is their new head coach. So he's in his first year, and he's he's trying to get things off to a good start. And what does UConn do? They come in and just p- punch Utah State in the mouth, go up 14 nothing. Like, I was watching that game thinking, is Utah State just sleepwalking through this game? Are they looking ahead to their matchup with uh, number 1 Alabama next week? Like, what's going on here? And to Utah State's credit, they overcame that, ended up winning 31-20. to So they, they got the win. But they could have looked a lot cleaner, a lot more engaged. They could have just been a lot sharper in that matchup. Season openers are tough because you have to uh, really kind of, I guess, uh, kick the cobwebs out in many ways. You've gone through a month of training camp at that point, hitting each other, but you've not played a game in well over nine months at that point. That, that's the thing about this is a lot of these guys are going to hit somebody in that game and be like, all right, I haven't done this in a minute. And you, you just kind of get back to feeling like you do when the middle of the season comes. But you, you haven't done it in a hot minute. The biggest thing is BYU's got to keep their focus on the here and now and focus on USF. That home opener against Baylor a week from now, be very easy to look forward to that. Be very easy to look forward two weeks from now uh, when BYU takes on or- Oregon. There, there's so many things going here that BYU's players could lose sight of what is most important. That is going 1-0 and taking care of business against USF. Do I expect BYU to walk into Tampa and absolutely blow the door? off the Bulls? No, not necessarily, but I do expect BYU to win. I don't think I'm I'm speaking out of turn to say that. They're a 12.5-point favorite or a 12, or I've seen in some cases a 13-point favorite, depending on which sports book you look at. And our good friends, uh, one of our sponsors here on the Locked On Podcast Network at Bet Online has BYU as a 12.5-point favorite over USF. So they expect BYU to handle this game and win it by two touchdowns, roughly. So the expectation is BYU is going to handle this game. But I would want to see BYU go in and look very, very sharp and precise and as clean as they possibly can look going into this matchup. Because, yes, you've got two really big matchups looming right after this one, but the worst thing you can do is drop to 0-1 and have a lot of the good feelings that you built up in the offseason, a lot of the good feelings from the past two years when you've gone 21-4, and have all that go out the window and have BYU fans grumbling as Baylor comes to Provo after they absolutely laid the wood to you a year ago in Waco. 
You don't want to have that. And that. That's the one thing you need to avoid if you're the BYU football program. So I'm looking forward to game week. I, I for one, I, I'm just so excited to have this here. The, the, the stuff that happened over the weekend, yeah, it's awful, horrendous stuff that should never happen ever again, and I hope it never happens again. Uh, but the nice part is we can now look forward and get ready for football this Saturday. Now, that brings me to a question I've got for you guys out there in Cougar Nation. What are your predictions? I, I want to collect your predictions. I'm asking on Monday. I'm, I'm going to do this throughout the week. I want your guys' predictions for the game on Saturday. And let's also get a season prediction as well. I want to know if uh, BYU fans think that 10 wins, 9 wins, 8 wins, like what do you predict for BYU this season? So it's a two-part question for you guys. Uh, you can send them in via social media, Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can send them that way. You can uh, DM me or tweet at me. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. Or you can email the show, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. That is the email address for the podcast. I want your prediction for this week, A, and you don't have to send this in today, uh, but also B, I want your season prediction. What is the record that you see BYU achieving this season? And I guess if you want to, explain why or why not you think that will be an acceptable mark for the Cougars. I think I've said it enough over the offseason that I've got BYU sitting at 9-3. and three. Anything beyond 9-3, and three, in my opinion, is the mark of just an absolutely incredible year. I think 9 wins for BYU on this year's schedule with 4 top 20 programs that you have to face alone this year. If you go 9-3... and three, I think that's just a, an incredible year for BYU. You get 10 or 11 wins, we're talking about a special season in BYU football history, in my opinion. Obviously, no season is ever made quite the same. We'll have to see how it all plays out. But my mark that I have for BYU is 9-3. and three. So I'd love to hear from you guys. What do you consider a successful season for BYU? And also, what do you expect this Saturday out of the USF matchup? I'd love to have your predictions, and we'll make sure to give you a shout-out if you're the one that nails it later on this week. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll recap the rest of the weekend in BYU sports, a successful trip to the, uh, the, the Buckeye State for BYU women's soccer. We'll get to all of that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Thank you once again for uh, checking us out here on Locked On Cougars. Always appreciate you guys uh, downloading the show, sharing with your family and friends. You guys make this show go. It, it truly is incredible the amount of people who check out this show, weigh in, say, hey, I just found you via YouTube, or I, I had a friend suggest I check you out. Cougar Nation, you guys are the absolute best, and thank you for your support in that respect. But catching up on the weekend in BYU sports, to start off with this, uh, BYU women's soccer got a big win. Uh, the ninth-ranked Cougars went to Columbus, Ohio, to Jesse Owens Memorial Stadium and got a 2-0 win over number 20 Ohio State. Jamie Shepard had her first multi-goal game for BYU in a Cougar uniform. Uh, head coach Jennifer Rockwood is quoted as saying, huge game for us to come into Ohio State. It's such a great program. I'm really proud of the girls for coming in and playing the way that we did. I'm proud of the energy and effort they gave tonight and all-around great performance by us. BYU is now 2-0 on the season. Uh, Shepard got both of the goals. Uh, Breck and Mozingo actually tallied both assists on those goals. And BYU is right back in action today, folks. They are welcoming in uh, number 25, Colorado to Southfield. Uh, the matchup today is scheduled for 3 o'clock Mountain Time. So if you're listening to this on Monday, it may already be done if you're listening to it in the evening. But it's scheduled for 3 o'clock Mountain Time. The game will be carried live on BYU Radio 
BYUradio.org and the BYU Radio app, as well as 107.9 FM. The game will also be streamed if you want to watch it on the BYU TV app. Uh, so a big opportunity for BYU here to make it 3-0 and on the season and take down two top 25 teams within their first three games. Uh, Coach Rockwood, she is a legend in so many respects for BYU women's soccer. And after that run to the College Cup final a year ago, you can guarantee she'd like nothing more than to make another run at this. Uh, Colorado is 3-0 and to start its own season. They beat Weber State 5-1, San Diego 5-0, and Valparaiso 3 nothing. So they're off to a hot start offensively, speaking of the buffs. So looking forward to that one. Uh, as we acknowledged earlier on in today's show, BYU Women's Volleyball, ranked number 10 in the country. They started their season with a sweep of Ryder on a Friday morning, excuse me, Friday afternoon, Friday night, uh, with that objectionable material being hurled at Duke University. BYU ends up winning that one, uh, beating the Blue Devils 3-1. And then they finish things off Saturday night with a 3-0 sweep of Washington State. Uh, so BYU now 3-0 and on the week. I'm assuming uh, when the new rankings come out, I'm recording this on Sunday evening in the interest of full disclosure. Uh, we'll see what the rankings uh, reflect for BYU. I'd assume they may move up a spot or two, but moving inside the top 10, it's a great start for BYU women's volleyball with all things considered happening around this uh, around the university and that program in particular. But uh I think we can all be better from what happened over the weekend. I think it can be a wake-up call to many of us, a lesson to all of us that, hey, we can simply, we need to be better people and help those around us that may... Maybe stuff like this, maybe you won't ever see somebody hurl racist insults at somebody. But if you ever see somebody demeaning another human being, don't be afraid to stand up, folks. Like, that's the thing about this. We, 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 have, been, we have been so uh, reticent to correct improper behavior, I feel like, in our community. And it may not have to be racism itself, but if you see somebody picking on somebody, demeaning somebody, just abusing somebody... Say something. We use this all the time, this terminology. I said it on Twitter myself. If you see something or observe something, say something. It, it, it can take a lot of guts and a lot of courage to do that. Let me be very, very clear about that because I, I'm, I, can, I can do all this and say all this, but unless I, I operate in, and do it in my own personal life, I, it makes me a hypocrite. But if you see something, say something. Like have the courage to stand up and be that person that stands out from the crowd. Uh, I, I sound like a, a seminary video. I feel like in some ways, I, I don't mean to chuckle and make light of the situation, but there are times that we have to do things that may not feel comfortable. We need to uh, just speak out and be bigger human beings. Uh, Tom Homo, I think said it best. We're all children of God and we have a responsibility to help those around us. We all, and most of us, I think some of you out there may not profess to be members of the same faith that I am, but I believe all of us are children of God and we're all intended to treat those around us, no matter how different they may look from us with the same love and compassion that we would like to be treated with ourselves. It's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Let's all endeavor to be a little bit better, and that's where we'll leave it for today's show. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow. I talk a little bit more about USF. I've got some thoughts on how I think USF may go about attacking BYU offensively and defensively. We'll get into that. As I said, uh, we'll have Clark Barrington for his uh, weekly appearance here on the show later this week as well. So stay tuned for all that throughout this upcoming week. Hope you all are doing fantastic. I would also encourage you guys now to go make your second listen of the day. Our friends over the Locked On Big 12. 
12 uh, channel. Josh Neighbors does a great job making sure you're up to speed on everything going on with the Big 12 Conference. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.